Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This episode of the Major Spoilers Podcast is brought to you in part by our patrons, including... Greg Borden. William Young. Paul Stewart. And Robert Hayes. Thank you for your support. This episode is for you. The Major Spoilers Podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Ashley. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, go beyond time, beyond space, beyond the black hole. Is it the finest movie ever made? Well, I don't know, but these are comics. Uh, plus, The Shadow Knows, The Super Seek, Things You Shouldn't Remember, and our kick-butt poll of the week, 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 week. Now, welcome the team that stole the probe ship and went through the heaven or something or whatever it is, but Rodrigo's definitely the robot, because the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Welcome to issue 740 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening and sharing this episode with a friend. Hey, if you haven't, you might want to go back and listen to last week's Zach on Film, where we talk about the movie The Black Hole. Because later in this show, this is our big crossover issue. Later in the show, we're going to be talking about the comic book or the short-lived comic book series that came out right after the film. And we may <laughs> decide whether or not this is the most horrible comic book ever made. Maybe, maybe not. We'll find out later in the show, but first, the news. This week, the dark multiverse covers are here, and boy, they sure look dark. Oh, look, <laughs> Netflix has purchased Miller World, and Ant-Man and the Wasp begins production. Let's spin that wheel of destiny. See where that lands. Right there on Netflix purchases Miller World or Millar World or Millar World. It's Miller. It's pronounced the same <laughs> as Frank. Miller. I like I like um somebody who was working with him. This is on Monday after the um announcement came out. He's like, I worked with Mark for years and I've listened to him pronounce his own name and I still don't know how you pronounce it. Well he's, he's Scottish. Scottish. Yep. 
Smelhre. But uh, so Netflix announced uh, this week that it has acquired Miller World, the comic book publishing uh, company by Mark Miller and a bunch of other creators in there. Of course, most of it is Mark's work like Kick-Ass and Kingsman and um, Except those, Jupiter. those two aren't in the those, deal. Yeah, and that's really important. <laughs> yeah, that's really important to note that Kick-Ass and Kingsman are not part of this deal. But uh, they're going to take uh, the Miller World portfolio of uh, comics and turn them into something more. Whether it be, I, I like this in the press release. They say, uh, uh, together Netflix and Miller will bring Miller World's portfolio of critically and fan acclaimed character franchises to life through films, series, and kids shows available exclusively to Netflix <laughs> members globally. What, Mark, I can think of one, but what Mark Miller's pro, uh, properties are kid friendly? None of his original properties. I mean, maybe like, superior. I never well, read Huck. Like is Huck is Huck pretty maybe? Huck is pretty good, but my guess was going to be um, Starlight, which is um, mm, Miller's take awesome. on uh, Flash Gordon. Yeah, I mean, in that there's nothing overtly violent about it, but no. I feel like the emotion in Starlight comes from a, a very. I'm going to say this is the youngest person on the podcast. A very mature understanding of what it's like to have a, you know live a life and mm-hmm. struggle to find your legacy and da 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 like i don't like yeah you could give it to a kid because there's nothing sexual or or sort of vicious right. about it like there isn't maybe some of his other properties but i don't yeah. know if it's necessarily like a ya property yeah i just don't see nemesis being a kid property no maybe oh, you know what chrononauts would be a kid no 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 kid friendly yeah you just tone out all the sex stuff and then it's no. it's totally a kid's property also superior might and chrononauts and empress already sold to different oh, production right. companies the same yeah. years that they so were what the hell published? did netflix buy uh, uh starlight and uh whatever his sort of offensive to female um <laughs> new series is with the greg capullo art um reborn rebirth yeah reborn. that one yeah that one. The best thing about that's the covers. That's that probably <laughs> super crooks. So what are your what is the what are your thoughts on this? I mean, Netflix could have purchased Boom Studios. They could have purchased Oni. They could have purchased uh, uh, Dynamite. In well, this. Maybe they couldn't they have because those guys actually have like, you know, hundreds of properties. Yeah. Boom has a first Boom has a first look deal with uh, oh, Fox. Paramount. Right. Yeah. Or Fox. Yeah. Um, which is where they were or the reason why some people who work on lumberjanes are like millionaires now. Um, but yeah, uh, they have a pre-existing deal with Fox and I think Oni has a first look deal with someone else. Yeah, they do because that was also announced this week. Right. Yeah. And same way Mm -hmm. with uh, action, uh, action labs just announced something recently as well. Um, so yeah, maybe that's all that maybe that was the last one left, but it's just like Also you're uh, only dealing with a single individual. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, there are other people who contributed to Miller World um things, but you're largely just dealing with one person as opposed to a large corporate entity with any number of incredibly sensitive artists who own the majority right. of their properties. They also and let's say, be honest, I mean, a lot of these things that he's been writing for the last ten or fifteen years are movie pitches in comic form. Oh, oh sure, for sure, sure, sure. sure. They also make a point in this press release that was issued from Netflix is that it's an acquisition. Uh, They at no point talk about how much money was exchanged, et cetera, et cetera, which is fine. But uh, I guess something that I was not fully aware of until maybe just this last week or so when all the the quarterly stuff was coming out. Netflix is $20 billion in debt. 
Yeah, they've 20, never turned a profit. Yeah, ever, they've ever, never ever. In, in the 20 years that they've been around, they've never turned a profit. Yet they are acquiring Miller World. They're dropping all of these uh, first run shows left and right, which, you know, hey, Whoa. there's some really good stuff. There's also some really bad stuff. But I, you know, I struggle each month making sure that major spoilers doesn't go, you know, five hundred dollars in debt. And Netflix is out there buying up properties left and right for, you know, and they're twenty billion dollars in debt. Twenty billion dollars. So apparently that from from what I've read, that twenty billion uh number is like really inflated. Um because they're factoring in some of their um like some of their like outstanding properties and things like that. Like for example, like Disney has huge amounts of debt as well. Right. Just because of how exactly the business model works. Whereas like those things are like constantly in flux. So if you don't count those, um, then the number is like it's still huge. Oh yeah, it's still you know? huge. I mean they're it's long they're long term. Amazon is this Amazon's the same thing. They've apparently never made a profit in the entire time yeah. that they've been around and they Yep. Definitely got money. Yeah. The the Netflix's long-term debt is really like four and a half billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So, but still, still. Yeah, but what does that mean in the long run? It means know? they're, I mean, come on, man. And I mean, I don't know. Uh, and Ashley, you may have some appreciation of this too. But like I said, I struggle each month making sure that major spoilers is able to continue another month. And yeah, I don't yeah. and I don't take debt and I don't I try not to accrue debt and I don't go out looking for business loans because I don't want to be one of those people that are 20 billion dollars in debt. And it's it's frustrating to see these companies that come around. It's just like, oh, yeah, we're 20 billion in debt. Yeah, we'll uh, go buy your your publishing company for five million or whatever that they, they bought this for. And, it, and it, at some point, it's just it's frustrating on, on my bucks. side. Yeah, and don't I, worry about it because if they lapsed on a credit card payment, you know, they'd be fine and we would all include yes. our taxes to bail them out. But if you lapse on a credit card debt, you go into jail. Yeah, exactly. Well, here, so. <laughs> here's here's another thing. Oh, we crap. Keep I talking mean, about to send a, a bill out. We keep mentioning Miller World as a publishing company, and it's really not. I mean, Miller World is not a publisher per se. They don't actually publish their own books, to my knowledge. They have That's true. They're, they they're have image properties. Part. Yeah. Yeah. Through top count. So, I mean, yeah. it, it seems like what they're actually purchasing is more of, of you know, kind of a, a creative think tank or sort of. No, a, they're a they're they're purchasing. They're, pr- they're purchasing uh, intellectual property. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not it's I mean, it's not a publisher per se. And people keep saying, "Ooh, Netflix has bought a comic book publisher. And I'm like that. Well, but that anything that is, I mean, granted, uh, Top Cow may be printing and shipping the books. But it's still all creator owned. It's still owned by Mark Miller. And I, and I believe the, the Miller World imprint is part of that image thing. Right, Ashley, or not? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I seem to remember. <laughs> That's but I mean, an it's an interesting it's, question. It's kind of like the Skybound thing uh, where it's, I don't, I, it's I don't his own thing. No, I, I only can speak and I, I don't know how much of it I'm really supposed to speak to. But well, I only know don't, from get, my experience don't say anything at, that'll at get you Top Cow that um, there is. I think it depends on the company. Um, but I know that he retains the the lion's share of the rights on all yeah. of his property, even if some of it is owned by someone else, which ultimately means that he could do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and I don't know. So you know. I would I would say that that is a a publishing company. It's just going through someone else for the actual printing and distribution. Yeah. Yeah. So. So what are what are some films that uh, that you think will be adapted first? I, I I don't know. 
<laughs> they, I mean, they kind of all blur together for me. Um, I thought they said they were making a superior film, which is Mark Miller's Captain Marvel, mm -hmm. uh, which is basically Captain Marvel only with blood and sex and the literal devil. Um, but I don't know if that's in there. I imagine that Nemesis is probably a property that people are that's interested in. That's the first in one that I thought too, but it's just like yeah. so hyper violent. But it's, it's just bastard Batman. I mean, it's, it's, it could work, but you notice when Miller films get made, they usually change the endings. War wanted as terrible well, they, as that movie they changed was, everything they jollied about up wanted. the ending. Yeah. And yeah. that's actually, that's, that's the, uh, I'm sorry, Matt, if you get, get, no, it's good. They, I mean, they did the same thing with kick-ass. They did the same thing with Kingsman. These are, these are the properties, but when you get to those movies, they don't really bear a whole lot of resemblance to the stories that were told in the comics. Yeah. For me, the, the saddest thing about this whole situation is that when wanted got made, they couldn't do a superhero movie, right. right? The, the idea behind wanted is actually pretty good. It's this idea that like, at some point we had superheroes and then the supervillains won and now the world is for craps. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is something that they could do now. Something that now that we've had all of these superhero movies, they could just pick and choose the references and make a really funny, really solid wanted series. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe that one that doesn't take itself as seriously as the actual comic book does, but they could actually now. And the best part is that they could literally poke fun of the at the like uh, uh, Netflix, like Defender stuff. Right. Um, you know, like have the same, like they could actually kind of have the same actors and walk that like thin line of like, are we actually committing a, a, a thing? But of course it's never going to happen because wanted, I don't think was part of this deal either. Uh, not likely. <laughs> I, mean, I, yeah, go ahead. If they already made a movie, it's probably not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's um, an, a universal joint, although the rights may have expired because it's been, what, eight years since that movie came out. So yeah, uh, if the rights have expired, true. then this is that is actually the best thing they could do mm -hmm. is to just take Wanted and then just start taking pot shots at all the superhero movies that are out right now. Mm -hmm. And they really could. It would have to be different because part of the deal with Wanted is we used to have this four color awesome superhero world and now everything's terrible. Right. But superhero movies are kind of terrible um, in that sense. You know, yeah. they're like. The beginning is the end is the beginning. I would so, um, I would be interested in seeing I think Starlight would be uh, a pretty nice, maybe not the best way to kick off because it is as Ashley said, relying on uh, old age and stuff. And I think people might have a better sense of, of what makes Starlight kind of neat uh, is if they have that Flash Gordon background. It's certainly um, the most critically successful. Yeah. So it, it would be in terms of just the comics community, which I mean, we're not, you know, we're not the biggest community to, to, to shoot for or anything, but it would be, I think the most well-received. Mm-hmm. And I still think Chrononauts would be just a crazy, 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 crazy. <laughs> Which it you know be a TV they show. do. It should be a cartoon. They do crazy stuff on Netflix. Um, oh, yeah. So you know, don't put it past them. Uh, I just I you know all of this is just going to be available on Netflix. So don't expect and and some of this instead of just a series is just going to be straight up. Here's a movie that we made. Um, I could see Huck too. Ashley, is there anything that jumps out to you that might be the the best 
one for them to start with? Uh, Starlight would be my yeah. pick. Um, okay. Like I said, just because it's the most well-received thing that mm-hmm. Mark Miller's ever done. Um, it's a tough question for me because um, a lot like Neil the Butte, I can appreciate the style, but I find a lot of what he creates um, rubs you the wrong way. Offensive. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Oh, no, I, that, I, I mean... I, and I like Mark Miller as a person. I think he's mm-hmm. a great interview. Um, I have nothing against him, but there is a lot of times where I was like, oh, you were a 14 year old boy once. Okay, that's cute. Um, and you know, that's just me and my perspective. And, you know, obviously he's right because he's way richer than I am. But <laughs> Starlight is the thing that I like best. So it's the thing that I always return to. Um, and uh, Starlight is the one that, uh, you know, has the best buzz around. And now I don't know if this. If this deal buys up Chrono Knots, um, you know, maybe the original movie deal, maybe what it originally sold for two days or they announced two days before it hit stores. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's lapsed and maybe or maybe that was always part of this deal. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But Empress like was supposed to be shooting. They had a lead actress attached. He shared like obscure photos of her on his Instagram and was like, yes, mm-hmm. who this is, um, you know. So I don't know if Empress is already cast or had an actress attached to it who was interested in the property, then maybe that's the best thing to start with. But yeah. I don't know jack nothing about Empress, so <laughs> I can't really I can't speak to that with any sort of authority. And Matthew, you have a you don't care attitude. I really kind of do, because I find that when you get to a Miller property, all Miller properties start off really intense and really awesome and really hot. And especially when you hear that, that elevator pitch of, Ooh, it's a teenage superhero in the real world. You're like, all right. But then you get to the actual execution and you get to the end of the story and you just kind of feel almost foolish. You know, you want it actually spells it out. The main character of the book gives me the finger and tells me that I'm a worthless jerk. And, that is, I mean, that is textually part of so many of these stories and like superior started out really good. And then it's like, oh, and also you got powers from the devil and you're damned forever. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, you know, it, it feels like genre mixing in all the wrong ways. It's like, what's the worst that could happen in comic books, fairy tales, and uh, weird skinamax after dark porn movies in the case of the Kingsman film adaptation that I'm still mad about. But yeah, there's a second yeah, Kingsman coming you out. You and me both, buddy. Yeah, that ends. Why I'm is not just... going to see the sequel. <laughs> this is this is the thing. I'm fine. I'm fine with pornography in its place. I just feel like you don't necessarily stick it all together. And that I think is the biggest problem, is it really does, and again, you know, that's an adaptation of his stories, so it's kind of tangential to this, but it does fit the theme of a little bit of everything stuck together. And when you describe it, it sounds great. And then when you eat it, you're like, well, maybe the grape soda and the peanut butter weren't all together with, you know, the salsa and whatever that red sriracha sauce is. And it just kind of all comes together and you're like, it's, it's unsatisfying in the end. So I, of the properties that are discussed, the Miller works that I want to see most as movies have already been made into movies that have already broken my heart and made me sad. So, mm-hmm. Now, but it's also made a billion dollars globally. Yeah. Well, Lottie frickin' die. If I don't get any of that money, I don't care how much money you made. All right, listeners, head over to Majorspoilers.com. Share your thoughts on the Netflix purchasing of the Miller World. And uh, let us know what, what property you think that Netflix should attempt to adapt first. Uh, keep in mind that uh, their budgets are not super large. What are they spending on 
what is it about a million, two million per episode on a on a series? Depends. Mm. Marvel Studios gets four million an oh, episode. Okay. I'm I'm betting Ozark but, did not get four million an episode. I bet Norwich is a new black don't either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you guys watch Ozark yet? No, but I'm finally watching not yet. Okay. Well, Stop after you, episode six, and then I, it's a perfect series. Don't that, watch anymore. I was going to say skip the the flashback episode, and then it's fine. I'm on episode three, and my my major takebacks are: my God, Luke Cage is a beautiful man, yeah. and the yes. the actor that they have playing uh, Cottonmouth in yeah. those first few episodes, Mahershala yeah. Ali, Batman, God on Earth, <laughs> Batman is the reason to watch those first three episodes. Yeah. That man is, I want to see him in something as something. I want to see him be <laughs> the lead in a big ass Hollywood movie and have him do what he did in that sequence where he and Mariah are sitting in the bar and they're talking about something went wrong and the schmuck comes in and he goes, I told him you don't mess with cotton mouth. And when he just leaps up and he's like, mm-hmm. my name is not cotton mouth. And then he throws the kid off the top of the building. Yeah. Holy crap! He he needs to be the star of something. Have you seen yeah, Moonlight? Not... Have I seen who? Moonlight. No. The, the best picture winner last yeah. year. Uh, is, he's a is he in he's that? a he's a pretty significant part of the first half. That's what he won best supporting actor for. Um, he's not evil in it per se, uh, but he gives a very powerful performance. So if you're looking for more of him, um, that's a good place to start. He's also in Forbidden Hidden Figures. Forbidden Figures. Hidden. Jesus. I'm so sorry. Hidden figures uh, for about an entire second, but there's a good yeah. movie on its own merits. Yeah, I will probably Apparently see it's on Sarah's list of things that she keeps saying, hey, should we watch? And I'm like, mm. no. Apparently he's also in the Hunger Games Mockingjay part one and two. Well, okay. that's further than I got into them. Yeah, I'm not going to watch either of those. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let us uh, let us get to some reviews. So uh, this week. Dynamite Entertainment has a new Shadow series launching. This is their third series uh, over at Dynamite. This one does not put the shadow in the past. It does not put the shadow in a distant past, but it puts the shadow clear and present in the present. And he's in danger, kind of, yes. I I will say this. Here's what I'm going to say about this book. If you are someone that is easily offended by uh, social justice warriors and social commentary then you will not want to read this book because this story starts out with a nurse who is bandaging a, someone who has been severely burned, like hundred percent of the person's body is burned. And the woman's talking to him like, Oh yeah, the shadow. I know the shadow. Let me tell you about this time when I was in high school and the shadow came because these two guys came in to blow up the school to, to shoot up the school. And it's two white guys that are, that come in with guns and that kind of eh, as a little bit problem, uh, troublesome, you know, when kids come into schools with shotguns and are, are killing people. Uh, but then the shadow takes these two kids down and he basically says, you were born to privilege. You neither deserved nor noticed. And as the world Im- uh, improves for those beneath you, your empire erodes. You have no idea you began life on a pedestal. And so you invent your sad little story of alienation to basically carry out uh, these plots. And so he uh, kills one of these kids and cripples the other one for life. And, um, it, it basically has a lot of that same theme running throughout the rest of the, the issue. And I think that's really cool. Um, 
we also come to find out that the the nurse was actually a girl at the school when it happened. She was right there when the shadow is laughing. And then she tells this burn victim as he's being uh, while she's treating him. Oh, yeah. I remember last month when you were brought into the hospital, I was uh, coming on shift as you were being brought in and you were screaming and laughing. And uh, I know that you are the shadow, aren't you? And then you see this burned body going, I don't know. And you see a shadow on the floor that looks like the shadow <laughs> and this burned victim. So it's going to be really interesting to see where this story goes. But, um, yeah, if you're someone that gets offended by someone talking about white privilege, um, probably not going to enjoy this. Enjoy this book because it's clearly focused on that. And I'm OK with it. Uh, the art is really good. Uh, as I said, the story is really good. The artist is Daniel HDR is how it's listed in the, in the credits, the writer, Cy Spurrier and Dan Waters. And I think this is a really good issue. It's, it's worth picking up. Uh, I don't like the shadow or really any mystery man in the present day or pulp heroes in the present day. Cause I really don't think it works. I'm willing to see how far they can go with this one. Um, but even then this story is a flashback for most of the issue that happened 10 years before. Uh, so I'm willing to go a little bit further with this, but really I, I like my pulp heroes in the past. In fact, they even, uh, the nurse even makes a point of that talking about how the shadow came before the comic book heroes, the, the Batmans and the wonder Woman's and the others, uh, that they call out by name in, in the book. And I kind of prefer my shadow there, but like I said, I will, I will see where this series goes. It's the shadow number one out this week from dynamite entertainment. I'm giving it four slices of meatloaf out of five. So there you go. Yeah. Matthew, what do you have this week? I have a comic book from, uh, I believe, Rosarium Publishing, which uh, I had been previously unfamiliar. But when this popped up, I was like, ooh, this title is too cool, too weird, too provocative for me not to take a look at it. Oh, I know what Sup- this is. Yeah. Super Seek, yeah. S-I-K-H, number two, uh, subtitled Loves Elvis hates yeah. bad guys um this this is a pretty cool book this is a pretty cool book written by eileen carr alden uh believe the artist by amit tayal it is really a fascinating book it starts with an explanation of a concept uh in the sikh faith a charity kala and immediately cuts to our main character in a TSA holding cell leading everyone in there in a rousing crowd chorus of jailhouse rock because again, he loves Elvis. And then we cut to Pakistan. And there's a four page sequence that is introducing the bad guys. And it's really, really funny. And it's also really, really terrible because this is, you know, something where you're like, these bad guys actually exist, you guys. And then, of course, we find that uh, the our, our main character, Deep Singh, is his name. Super Seek is apparently not an actual designation. He doesn't have a cape, but he's on his way to Graceland. And the bulk of this issue is him traveling to Graceland. And I have really only two major complaints about the book. One, they don't actually tell me what the cool car he's driving is and from panel to panel it looks kind of like a camaro kind of like a firebird kind of like a gto so i spend an inordinate amount of time trying to figure out what the actual model of this super cool rental car is but that's you know kind of a minor thing and my second complaint is it's actually this is too short i want more 
of this character. I want more of this story than we get in these 20 odd pages. Uh, along the way, of course, you know, you meet interesting people. He meets a nice young lady named Janelle, accidentally loses her her job. It turns out that the bad guys that we find out in the beginning are actually on their way to Los Angeles from Pakistan to kill him uh, because, you know, they hate him. There's also a, just this one-shot joke that is so brutal and so funny where the bad guys land at LAX and in the very next panel, they're like, I can't believe we were in that TSA cell for 16 hours. <laughs> just that sort of humor is really, really interesting to me. And I really like what fun they seem to be having with the main character. I love the fact that it's not, even with a title like that, this is not a standard superhero book, even though he is this cool, you know, all American hero, except for the American part, as they say in the issue. And I just, I, I really found myself drawn into this world and really, really entertained by the main character's charisma, which is something that's hard to do. I think the last time I ran into that was uh, David Walker's shaft series from dynamite. Mm-hmm which was either last year or two years ago. And I'm, you know, really sad that it might be two years ago and I don't remember, but this is good. And I, I'm not familiar with Rosarium publishing necessarily. Well, this was, I'm sure. Yeah. This was funded, uh, initially through Kickstarter is how this, mm -hmm. uh, came up. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, there is maybe I'm trying to remember who the person is that founded Rosarium. Uh, now I forget. Anyway, it's not important. But it's it's, it's mm -hmm. a super small publisher. Yeah. And honestly, I I'd be interested in seeing more. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch out not only for that, but I'm gonna watch out for these creators and more super seek. I'm gonna go with four slices of meatloaf. This is a really strong concept. And even though the issue is mostly about the character on his journey, sometimes when the hobbits are walking to throw something in the volcano, that's the best part of the story. And this is kind of like that. He's on his way to the volcano and or Graceland and these things are happening and things are starting to build up. And in the final issue, there's a VW microbus covered mm -hmm. with flowers that may or may not be full of guns. Mm -hmm. Just a really, really well drawn, a really well written book. And I, I definitely am going to watch out for issue three. Yeah. When this came in, I was like, oh, let me, let me flip through this real quick. And the next thing I know, a half hour had passed and I realized that I had yeah. read this multiple times because it is, it is a really cool book. It really is. And it's really interesting because throughout the issue, we have our main character and he's just going about doing his life. And then you have little bits and pieces that explain people's perception of him mm -hmm. that is totally wrong, just totally way off. And, you know, at some point somebody's like, uh, they were, the bad guys trace him by following Twitter and looking for references to a man in a red turban. And at one point, they're able to track him halfway across the country because people keep tweeting about how they saw a man in a red turban, and it's weird. And I'm yeah. like, that's uncomfortable, but also a little real, and it totally fits with the story that they're telling. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, that is uh, Rosarium. Uh, the stuff is available mm -hmm. on Comicsology. Uh, yes, the so issue. That is I believe they say it. Re this one releases eight thirty, and that, that may be in stores. Yeah, is what they're saying. Yeah. So go find it. Rodrigo, what do you have for us this week? This week, I am reading uh, Things That You Shouldn't Remember, uh, number two, which is from Darby Pop yep. Publishing. 
Wait, if you shouldn't remember, how can you be on the second one? Well, I forgot the first one. Oh, okay. So things, uh, things you shouldn't remember is a comic style book about um, some mysterious things that happen. Um, so we are introduced to a couple of characters um, who very innocently um, have conversations with other people and they're like, hey, you remember this song? And it was like, do, 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 do. And people are like, no, I've never heard that song before. Um, as it turns out, no one has ever heard that song before. And now some agent-looking guys are after them for some reason. Because um, them knowing about that song is a problem. Um, I read the first issue. I read the second issue. And we still don't know what's going on. Like, it's actually interesting it's pretty rare for kind of a a comic book series i find like this to not basically tell you the full premise by the end of the first issue um and this one uh things just kind of get progressively weirder like a little chihuahua gets involved and that little chihuahua may have a connection to some sort of supernatural entity that ties in with whatever is going on um there is a lot of uh it's kind of unfortunate because um there's there's all this mystery but then um for example at the beginning of this issue is like previously uh mark royster an itinerant poker player in trouble with the local mob and an ex-photographer with substance and a different character uh with substance abuse issues are suddenly remembering things plays and people that seem to have been erased from both collective memory and recorded history freeing the spread of a virus-like plague a mysterious group known as the handlers is tasked with hunting and destroying those who recollect is like that part the virus-like plague or whatever that was never explicitly said um Mm. so uh it's it's kind of annoying to get this like to to get this from the previously you know right right um, I mean, maybe they did and I missed it, but this book has been like just 100% mysterious. It's like, here's a bunch of weird stuff and it's all interconnected, you guys. Um, it is kind of one of the one of the things that I would um, mark it down for, which is that we are introduced to a lot of characters immediately and it makes it very difficult to um, to sort of latch on to any of them. Because it, it kind of does that thing where it's like, um, you know, it's like Mobile, Alabama, scene, uh, you know, whatever, um, Bombay, India, scene. And it's like all of these different characters that are probably eventually going to come together and be involved. Um, but um, there's there's just a lot going on at first. And over the course of two issues, we get very, we actually don't get any of them, any of these sort of like point of view characters connecting. Um, that said, it's all very interesting. I think I know what's going on. Um, but um, I'm, I'm interested, I, I'm interested to see if it turns out to be true. Um, all together. Uh, oh, I, I really like the art. Um, it's pretty solid. Um, it's got, um, 
It's like all the characters are really well designed. You can usually tell who everyone is. Um, action is good. Uh, char- like characters have like you know human proportions. They're not like super giganto muscle bound people. Um, there are sort of like tall people and skinny people and short rounder people. Um, and it doesn't look weird. You know, like sometimes a, a, an artist will like draw a character who has like who's like tall and they'll look like a person and they'll draw somebody who's like short or chubby or something and they'll look like a cartoon character. Um, that doesn't, that doesn't happen here. Everybody looks pretty good. Um, altogether, I'll give it uh, four slices of meatloaf. Really. I was, I, I've been just very pleasantly surprised. I hadn't heard about this. Um, I hadn't heard about this series. Um, I read the first one just to, because it was available and to catch up um, so that I wouldn't be just jumping into the second one since it was, a, since it was around. Um, and I'm very pleasantly surprised. They actually um, gave us number two and three to review. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I didn't get a chance to, to read the third one, but I'm definitely interested. All right, cool. Well, it's right there. Pick it up and read it. <laughs> we'll wait yeah go ahead uh so ashley had to step out real quick because she had a rehearsal to go to so she will not be joining us for the rest of the show but she was set to review the house number six which she has reviewed on the show previously and she loved those and it looks like in her notes she was going to give it five out of five slices of meatloaf uh, no surprise this is one that she's really loved um from sucker productions i believe that that one is out this week as well and you know it's an interesting week on the show when the most well-known publisher is Dynamite Entertainment. So uh, good job, everybody, picking something yeah. uh, from down, down, down on the list. I've uh, heard about that house thing. I think William Cat is an underrated genius. Yeah, so. that's the house, uh, house two. No, that's house one. That is the house. <laughs> this is my house. It's uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we've done that before. So listeners, head over to MajorSpoilers.com. Uh, check out all the other reviews and uh, share comments on things. And while you are over there, make sure you check out the major spoilers poll of the week. Poll of the week, 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 week. So last week we got our first look at um, Domino and the upcoming Deadpool two movie. And this week, this week we get our first look at Josh Josh Brolin as Cable. And uh, um, I wanted to know what uh, everyone thought of Josh Brolin's cosplay of uh, of Cable. (laughs) What did you think, Rodrigo? I liked it. I thought that... So Cable, uh, from the get-go, is a character that has traditionally been drawn by artists that have very exaggerated styles, right? Right. Uh, sure, that's um, a kind way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, I mean, I, look, I'm a big, I'm a fan of Jim Lee. You know, it's like Jim Lee drew lots of Cable, um, and I like Jim Lee's Wolverine, and I like Jim Lee's Colossus, and I like Jim Lee's Cable. Mm-hmm. But you know, they're like colossal. They're like enormous. You know, they're mm-hmm. just like so big and bulky and frowny. It's like each each muscle is perfectly defined, but their faces are only four lines. You know. <laughs> um. So, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Josh Brolin isn't going to do that. He's not going to be a, a massive 
person with two with with more muscles than a human can have. Right. Right. So looking at this costume, looking at the, you know, one one hopes techno or quote unquote techno organic elements of it. I think it looks good. I think yeah. it's um, it looks like what, a, you know, weird uh, time traveling, super cool psychic mercenary guy would wear, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he's got uh, a little short haircut but actually that haircut was popular back in the day that's more like a yeah, it was really popular in the future yeah. um there you go yeah i i really liked it a lot too i think this looks good and if you've seen josh josh brolin um in a couple of other shots that were released over the last couple of days the dude has bulked up like he is mr muscle man to where yes people who complained that cable in the 90s was all muscle and little else uh, that's how Brolin looks right now. All muscles. This guy is is packed it on. And uh, the images, the couple of images that we got in the last day or so look really good. And, uh, you know, I, I may tease that it's a cosplay, but really that's what any movie is. is people dressing up oh, in sure. cosplay and playing around. And this looks like a good cable costume. Now, he doesn't have a little baby strapped to his front. So uh, that's he doesn't a, that's always a have a baby. He only had a baby in 2006. Well, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of actually it, when when Cable was first out in the ether, I hated him. I thought he was like everything that was wrong with comics. But there mm-hmm. have been like big, strong characterizations for Cable. Like the Cable and Deadpool series was great, and there was no baby involved there. The like you know baby baby carrying Cable is like a completely different thing. Yep. Um, there have been actually pretty good takes. I, I love the uh, next wave take on cable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is going to be interesting. I think that, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I think this looks that good. One. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Matthew, what's your vote? Well, there are three things have, that I have, like. About you have three this. choices. Looks good. Meh. Or don't like it. There are three things that I like about this. Okay. That haircut is the haircut that he had in his first solo series. that was drawn by uh, John Romita jr which is my favorite cable by the way. Sure. They did include pouches. They did include weird things in his arm and cables going up into his neck and we know why he's called Cable cuz he's got cables in his arm and in his neck, you guys. They explained the name visually. And while that gun actually looks like more like a regular gun than any gun we've ever actually seen in the cable gun, it's still a ridiculous massive impossible improbable unlikely gun and i think that's what i think of when i think cable i think a guy in his 50s with a stupid haircut and a robot arm and a gun the size of new jersey and they nailed this he looks really good and they've actually done something that i didn't think was possible they made a character who looks like cable and also looks like a human Mm-hmm. So I said, looks good. I'm, I'm all for this. Yeah. And after he, seeing Deadpool, I kind of want to see Deadpool too. And if, yeah, if you haven't seen, um, Ryan Reynolds in the last couple of days, he's also posted some pictures of him totally ripped, maybe even more so than, than he was in the first film. And, yeah. uh, yeah, these guys, I think maybe even having a, a little competition with one another, but, uh, go look on Twitter. I think Ryan Reynolds posted another on his Twitter feed, posted another, uh, shot of Brolin, with a little kid in a costume and he's, and he's making a muscle and holy cow, he is ripped. And then if you just do a search for Brolin Deadpool too, you'll find him yep. working out in the gym. And for a guy that is, he's probably 50, isn't he? He's a few years older than we are. Brolin? Um, yeah. 
he looks great uh, for his I age and build and everything. It's dad who married uh, Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand, I know, right? But you, this is Goonies. I mean, he is Goonies boy, uh, Goonies. All, all grown up, and it's and it's crazy. Else that I think is fascinating here, and I'm going to go on record now with a prediction. They may be stealing Cable's origin from Ultimate Comics. Mm, okay. Because does Josh Brolin as Cable not look like a 55-year-old Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> Maybe. Cable's Maybe. origin in the Ultimate Comics was that he's actually Wolverine from the right. future. Mm. I'm wondering if Cable's origin is that he's going to be Deadpool from the future. Oh, that'd be interesting. I, and I'm basing that entirely on looking at this face, which means it's implausible as anything else I've ever said. But I think it's just one of those moments where I'm like, he looks like an older well, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, he looks like a younger Tommy Lee Jones, and that's why he got cast in Men in Black mm-hmm. Three. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> Brolin is only 49 years old, so he looks great for someone who's not even 50 yet. Yeah, he's so he is basically our age. Yeah, he's our age. That's not depressing. <laughs> I'm 46. How old are you? Uh, I am uh, still 46. Be 47 in a couple weeks, though. Mm, it's more than a couple, but yeah. A month? Yeah, no, a little less than a month. A little more than a couple. A little less than four. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't specify three weeks. Uh, you probably also can't specify the exact day, but that's okay, too. Uh, how has everyone uh, else voted? The 5th of September, 1970. Wrong. Uh, it's the third of September, that is September 1970. Yes, uh, I knew it was the third or the fifth or the eighth or the seventh. What What has everyone else voted so far on their thoughts on the Brolin Brolin costume? Here's why I love the faithful spoilerites. All right, seventy one percent are looking at this and admitting this looks good. Twenty three percent are like, eh, meh, don't care. Six percent are saying. They don't like it. I mean, this is something where I don't even particularly like cable and I like this image and I like this look. So yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of cable. I may have a few cable books laying around, but never a big fan. Yeah. He's never a big fan of Deadpool either. So true. He's most fun when he's acting off of Deadpool, uh, his stick in the mud dad, Mm -hmm. uh, a 12 year old girl basically, which yeah. in a lot of ways actually kind of makes him very much like Wolverine. <laughs> well, I mean, Cable is another character like Deadpool who was like created to be this like oh, awesome character and really found yeah, really found a second life as a foil to other characters and as you know, sort of like being in a different place. I remember there was like this X-Men um storyline where cable loses all his powers so he goes so he builds like this giant ship that like projects uh force fields and stuff just so that he can have his powers back and he's like basically a villain in that storyline because he just goes (laughs) nuts trying to like get all his powers back is that the one where he's running around with a new x-force which is like colossus and a bunch of people no, I don't I think this. Else. This was off of the like new X Men stuff. Oh God! You know what I'm yeah, that's been 15 years ago now. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, listeners, head over to majorspoilers.com, cast your vote in the Major Spoilers poll yes. of the week, and let us know whether you like it, whether you don't like it, or whether you're just meh about it. Meh. Don't be meh. Hey, Nobody likes. Meh. 
as I as I mentioned last week, uh, or as I mentioned earlier in the show too, uh, last week we took a look at the Black Hole Disney movie from 1979 on uh, Zach on film. We talked about it in depth. I think all of us were there, including Zach. Uh, mm-hmm. This week, we want to know what happens after they went through the black hole. And yeah. Whitman Comics, who was publishing a lot of the Disney stuff at the time, came mm-hmm. up with a six-issue series called The Black okay. Hole. Uh, the first two were just simply called The Black Hole, and they were the adaptations of the movie. The uh, third and fourth issues uh, were released in the U.S. or in the English-speaking world. Uh, Issues five and six were released in Spanish, I believe, made perhaps mostly in South America, but were not translated and were not released anywhere else in the world. So if you can find issues five and six, uh, you've got uh, you've got quite the prize there. But essentially this prize. What's that? Find issue four. You've got a prize on your hands. That thing is possible to find. But uh, this week we are looking at Beyond the Black Hole, issues three and four. And, uh, oh boy, if you thought the movie was, was a real uh, stinker. Uh, here's, here's the problem with issue number three. Okay. Issue number three, uh, our heroes, Don, Don, Dan Holland, uh, Pizer, Char- uh, Charlie Kate, Kate McG- uh, McRae, and, uh, Robot Boy, Vincent, made their way through the black hole. And as they're going through, they're like, hey, what's that up ahead? Oh my gosh, why it is the Cygnus? It also has a Dr. Reinhardt on board. He thinks we are someone else. We must escape. So in, in the course of one issue, they mm-hmm. basically retell the exact same story again, which they just did in the previous two issues of the book. Yes. That really is, I think, the biggest, well, not the biggest weakness, but one of the biggest weaknesses of uh, this is it doesn't feel like a continuation. No, it, <laughs> it doesn't. doesn't. It doesn't feel like, you know, a next part. It feels like uh stall for time. Let's tell this whole story again. Only we'll say it's an alternate universe. And ah, man, I don't know. So weird. So confusing to me. Right. Because I, I, I just jumped into this, right? I was like, okay, okay, okay. Black hole continuation. Let's go. I didn't know that what the previous two issues were. Right. So uh-huh. I was like, did these guys send me the wrong issues? And this is just like a novelization of the black hole It's like, no, where are all the other people? What's happening? Is this just like a big retcon to get the, the series going, but it's not even that because it, it is a continuation of everything that happened, but also things are happening again. Yeah. Like the same thing. Just yes. so confusing, just so confusing to me. Well, and the fact that, you know, the first two issues, which is there's no reason for us to look at those. Cause it was literally an adaptation of the movie. Mm-hmm. this picks up like right where the movie le- leaves off. And it's just like, what an incoherent mess. First of all, uh, it looks like they're flying around in what the, what is it? The Jupiter seven, uh, from lost in two from lost in space. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, once they find old Vincent, he goes out there and paints uh, the Palomino on, on the front of it. And it's just like, I- I'm wondering if like, if you remember star Wars, when the comic book adaptation of that was coming out, it was, Actually, the art and everything had to be done before the movie was even released. So things like uh, Darth Vader has a totally different look and the Death Star has a totally different look in those first couple of issues. And I have a feeling that this the first at least the first four issues of this um, comic book were done right around the same time that 
the movie was released or before the movie was released. And they were mm. just kind of making it up as they go along because right away in this yes. book, they have jettisoned almost everything about the black hole except for the characters and the two uh, robots, Vincent and old Bob. And it's just yep. – it's just really, really weird. It just feels out of place, like so, so much out of place. But it like does. we already, like we already said, this is basically a alternate retelling of the first movie, compressed into <laughs> twenty-two movies. Again, what you read in the first two issues. Then we get into issue four, which goes entirely off the rails. I mean, it, issue three has structural problems and issue three has a completely nonsensical bit about oh where the laws of physics are different in this world well how are they different oh in just random stupid ways that we're going to explain to you as we go along comets go wiggledy 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 through the sky and it turns out that suns are completely heatless and you can fly right through them even though they're super massive things but four basically turns into a, a whitman gold key just a generic well, sci-fi story. And I was wondering, and I don't know if any of you guys uh, got this as well. So we learned that the that uh, Reinhardt may be mistaking these guys for Veerlites, which mm-hmm. is this one race, the only race apparently in this universe that can um, withstand Reinhardt's attack. Reinhardt just wants to destroy and take over the entire universe. Um, it This issue felt like the start of a Battlestar Galactica run. Yes, where they are, exactly they need to find this long like. lost planet called Earth. I didn't even think about that. I was thinking maybe like a space 1999, but Galactica is a good call. Not only that, Battlestar Galactica would have been right before yeah. this. I can't remember yeah. if well, yeah, it'd be right around the same same time. I mean, and, and I want to say the Battlestar Galactica rights were at Marvel. They but may have even been so. Well, and one of the things about Western publishing, Gold Key Comics, Whitman Comics, uh, for a while, Dell Comics were coming through Western publishing was they were they were packagers. Mm-hmm. They weren't necessarily a traditional publishing house, publishing house the way we think of comic publishers. They were packagers, and they would they would you know get these things and send them out. Oh, sure, so, yeah. In a lot of time, a lot of times, in a lot of cases, it was the cheapest possible work. So if you go back and read, you know, some of the the gold key comics that well, even Star I Trek we've talked about before, Star Trek yeah. had this exact same problem of not aligning with the TV show just right. Yeah, and not even caring because right. it's right. a it's a different thing. It's a different book. But I'm wondering if maybe this was not just written in terms of oh, we don't know what Disney would want to do next or what comes next, but maybe so much of a, we don't even care. <laughs> yeah. We, we got a book to get out. We're going to write us a story. It's a sci-fi story. Okay. Let's write us a sci-fi story. Uh, wait, it's got cute robots. Okay. What are the robots names? Let me, okay. We got that. Yeah. Because I mean, they don't really even care that, uh, uh Dr. McCray doesn't quite look like Dr. McCray. I mean, her hair is totally different. The hair color is totally different. I mean, it's again, like, Hey, here's a couple of black and white headshots. Go go to town. They don't have likeness rights. It's clear. Yeah. It's especially clear in four. The art on four is Dan Spiegel, who I remember uh, for Crossfire and for years and years of Blackhawk. But Spiegel doesn't even have, I mean, doesn't even try. In issue three, they're sort of giving us likenesses of Pizer and Holland from the film. 
but when we get to issue four, it's like, eh, okay, well, we'll just do this over here. That that guy's got brown hair, and that guy's bigger, so he's clearly the boss. And- yeah. Rodrigo, it's it's interesting how this issue ends, and the fact that it is kind of the last issue in the series, even though the other two oh, were printed yeah. in Spanish, because uh, they land on this alien world, uh, and you know they've been accepted into the aliens' uh, protection, and then suddenly someone runs off with their spaceship, and they're left there all alone. Yeah. <laughs> You'll find out what happens in issue number five, but you if won't. you're from Ecuador, yep, if you're lucky. No, and I, I think I, I do have to mention one thing, and I try to be, I, I try to be charitable, especially about Whitman comics and comics of the '70s. But the fact that they are accepted by the Veerlights because Charlie literally trips over nothing, it falls on his me. face, and splits his lip, and I'm like, oh. They are bleeding. They cannot be robots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Is this, Rodrigo, find something is, redeeming for me in these two issues beyond the black hole three and four. There's a dinosaur. Not even a very good dinosaur. No, but it's a, a dinosaur <laughs> that's appropriate for the time. It's right? a dinosaur that's bigger than their entire ship. It's a small ship. Uh, it is a small ship. All um, right. Well, I guess the... Uh, I mean, it, it's a cool, it's actually a pretty well-rendered dinosaur. You know, it's like, you know, back in the day before Jurassic Park, that's what people thought dinosaurs oh, yeah. would look yeah. like. Yeah. The mammoth is cool. The art is not bad. You know, it's like the robots look right. Um, this is kind of like very standard old school sci-fi art. Um, and it's good for that. Um, you know, the the costumes of the Virlites aren't like, particularly creative or interesting necessarily um the the you know the the militia or whatever are really weird looking um but you know the comic looks good i mean it's uh, i've seen a lot worse offerings from this general time period oh, so sure, sure. there's really nothing wrong with the art but what about the story oh redeem me about <laughs> the story no i can't i can't think of anything <laughs> Uh, Uh, So real quick, Matthew, Battlestar Galactica, yes, uh, ran at Marvel Comics from 79 through 81. So it lasted a heck of a lot more issues than than uh, this uh, book did. Interestingly, interestingly, the tabloid version was printed at Whitman. Yes, I actually have that. So there you go. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, this definitely has, as you said, Rodrigo, this definitely has the feel of this is post Star Wars, but pre anything else that people could use their imaginations on as far as uh, what, what we should do with, with space and how we portray ships and everything, because everything does have this kind of a, a blocky Y wing, you know, uh, X wing kind of look to it. It's, it's really interesting because in a lot of ways, the, the black hole comic is kind of doing what the black hole movie did in that, you know, here's star Wars. And it's like, and they're like, oh, we need to get in on these space bucks. And so they just go right back to the old formula of Star Trek, of 2001 A Space Odyssey, of, of things that are, you know, just sort of like more standard sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same thing with the comics. It's like the comic comes out and rather than following the through line of the movie, they just fall right back to sort of these like lost in space, you know, mm-hmm. uh, um, like, I don't know, 
Turok dinosaur hunter type <laughs> bit, things. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, like these just classic, like this is like a uh, drugstore comics that you find. Um, they just go right back to like the classic safe tropes rather than rather than say really push what this actually pretty weird movie gives you. Yeah, because what's going you on know, with rather, uh, what's going on with the Silver Surfer at this time, Matthew? In 1979, 1980, nothing. Yeah. The Silver Surfer, I think he was briefly a defender, but no, that's pretty much it. He's this stuck is on a, Earth. Is this after Kirby? Kirby's gone from Surfer. Oh yeah, long after. Okay, Kirby. Well, Kirby created the Surfer in Fantastic right. Four. The Silver Surfer series was in '68, and that was uh, Stan Lee and John Romita. And that book, I think, was over before the '70s, and mm. then the Surfer was basically in you know rotation as permanent guest star throughout the '70s. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the old Silver Surfer stuff was wasn't popular when it came out. It's sort of like in retrospect that people have been like, yeah. oh, man, you should Minnesota really have been emo. making the Silver Surfer. It, so it was the best. Yeah, it was no not Satriani, man. Stuff. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's actually true. It was not well regarded, but it was one of those books that was ahead of its time in as much as people started appreciating it after its time mm-hmm. meaning after it was, it was you know 12 issues well, i'm just trying to think what are what are other i mean but at least silver surfer is doing something a little different with with space mm-hmm. stuff i mean it seems like uh there are other publishers doing more interesting things with their space heroes well, what about time. legion of superheroes yeah. where was that at, at the time in the 80s Ooh, probably nowheres nowheres uh, giant uh, weird pink pleather bikinis hey you do not mock the pink pleather bikini uh, this would have been post uh, Mike Grell Naked Legion. We probably would have been in the Roy Thomas Superboy is secretly reflecto. Everything is weird, and we only see five Legionnaires at a time thing. Yeah, uh, would have been about the time that they phased out Matter Eater Lad and brought in brought in Block, brought in Brock, brought in Block. Uh, it's three, two, one. They brought in Block, <laughs> <laughs> and they did. You know, they did some interesting Bronny stuff. Block. I think though, it's interesting that. In the 70s and 80s, the superhero stuff and the space stuff didn't have a lot of crossover. You know, there was Warlock uh, in the mid-70s that was all cosmic Marvel stuff, but there wasn't really a whole lot of Guardians of the Galaxy or Quasar or Nova-type stuff going on in this time frame. Mm. And I think it may have been the, you know, pre-Star Wars. They didn't think that space stuff sold, Post-Star Wars, the expectation is let's rip off Star Wars, yeah. right? Let's do our Battlestar Galacticas. Let's do our, you know, our black holes. Let's do our things that are clearly people in space dealing with weird stuff. And then uh, Buck Rogers came out around that same time with uh, Gil Gerard, which yeah. is ter- terribly, terribly dated stuff. Oh, yeah, now, no, but- it, it all is. It all is. Even Galactica, even Galactica 1980. Uh, here, big, especially Galactica 1980. Here, yeah. Here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you can, if you want to track down these two issues, you can go find them on eBay. Uh, if you can find them in their original plastic two-pack, uh, then you're doing even better. I remember when a kid, I was would have been in, in like fourth grade, I think when this. 10. Yeah, so fourth or fifth grade when this uh, series came out. And I remember there was a kid in my class had both of those issues. And he let me borrow them, but I could only borrow them during the recess time. And then he wanted them back. So I had like 20 minutes to read through those comics. 
And then that was it. And then I never saw them again. The kid, like two weeks or three weeks later, the kid got, uh, his parents moved and he went to another school. So I never saw those issues in print ever moved again. Moved away to Canada and then he like died. So you can't call him and check or Yeah. So the, the cool thing is if you really want to find these, you can. If you want to just casually find them, you can't. And that's also a good thing. Um, right. This is, this is, is not good comics. Four is hard to find. And, you know, when I was 10, the school library had copies of these. Really? And I remember reading Beyond the Black Hole, issue three, being 10 and going, what the hell? Yeah. And not understanding what was going on and not understanding why the story was so disjointed. And so start, stop and weird crap. And here's a, oh, no, it's a giant wall. Oh, good. They can go right through it. No, yeah, we yeah. can't. We can't. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, this this force field that is protecting the city has one hole. And that's where everyone goes in and out. The thing that I find most fascinating are the points where they extrapolate from what we know of the black hole and do wild, weird, wacky stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a, a flashback with old Bob in his youth. Right. And old Bob, old Bob. looks just like Vincent in mm-hmm. the flashback, mm-hmm. indicating that the damage that that makes old Bob older was so terrifying that it completely redesigned his form. And in, you know, in the movie, it's clear that this is an earlier version of the same robot, right? right. Yeah. Not the same design, but I was fascinated by that. And of course he had hands. He had actual human hands because he was oh, yes. raising babies. Because he was, yeah, he's supposed to be raising babies. He was raising babies, but the, the bad guys caught him and beat him up and cut off, cut his, off hand. his hands. My hands. Can you, ima- just, can you imagine though? What's his, what's his name? Uh, Tennessee? No, not Tennessee. What's uh? What's the guy's name Tennessee that voiced? William? No, who voiced old Bob? Oh, Slim Pickens. Uh, Slim Pickens. Imagine Slim Pickens reading that that uh, bits about they cut off my hands. Oh, it'd be crazy. They cut off my hands and give me pincers. So listen, uh, you can get uh, Beyond the Black Hole number three for a buck on eBay. Not bagged or anything. Probably pretty crappy. You can get yeah. you can get uh, all four of the issues. Um, it looks like issues two and three, which is odd. Two and three are still in the two pack uh, right. packaging. Uh, you can get that plus issue four for two hundred and ninety nine dollars. If you want to spend the money there on eBay, four is hard to find. Here's here's an issue number four for eight ninety nine, and I don't mean eight dollars ninety nine. I mean eight hundred ninety nine. And it says it's a high grade. Let and me tell you. Do you have that if, one? You can go uh, pay for our server want, costs for the next month, Matthew. If you want to read Black Hole Issue 4, you need to do what I did. You need <laughs> Hit to go yourself search. in the head with a ball-peen hammer a couple of times? Shut up. You need <laughs> to go and search for the British Black Hole Annual from 1980. Oh, there you which go. Represents, it represents, uh, reprints, I think, all four, but at least three mm-hmm. and four. Mm-hmm. And that book cost me six ninety nine, whereas trying to find an original copy of issue four was at the time like ninety nine bucks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Here's one for ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah. It is a hard comic to find. And it's right at it's not only at the end of the black hole interesting, but it's at the end of uh Whitman as a publisher is collapsing. Yeah. As this is going on. Whitman goes down hard in like nineteen eighty one, eighty two. Curse so. you, Disney. So bottom line is I say avoid these two issues. It's not really good. And if you really like the Black Hole movie, this really kind of slaps you in the face. So I would avoid it for that reason as well. 
Matthew, what are your final thoughts on Beyond the Black Hole? Here's the thing about Beyond the Black Hole. I am probably the world's biggest black hole fan, both, you know, by volume and in intensity, because I will make an argument that that film is more than just some, you know, schmucky sci-fi film that didn't quite land. Yep, you can listen to him talk about it on last week's Zach on Film. <sighs> but I will not make that same argument for these comic books. And what these comic books have it going for them is Dan Spiegel. Uh, Dan Spiegel does issue four, really interesting stuff. It has the kind of the just sprouts little bits and pieces of what might have been brilliance, but then it's immediately turned around two pages later when the storyline changes because they realize it's a 24 page comic, <laughs> which in, in retrospect has a lot, you know, in common with the original movie, especially the whole scene with the shooting gallery. But I'm not going to say don't get them. I'm just saying if you do get them, know what you're in for and be aware that if you pay $800 for issue four, the only possible way you're going to get $800 back out of it is if, like me, your first girlfriend was a Kate McRae doll. So, <laughs> Rodrigo, I'm still just trying to block that out of my mind. But, Rodrigo, Sorry, what are your, what are your final loud? thoughts on Beyond the Black Hole? Also, also keep in mind that um, it it was called the Black Hole as the comic book series. They only tagged on Beyond with issues three and four. Yeah. Yep. In the Indicia, I believe it's still the Black Hole. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of unfortunate because, um, like sort of like I said, it does kind of veer into very safe. Like tried and true, like oh no, a monster, oh a weird group of people, kind of like sci-fi things. And part of what, um, part of how the black hole actually ends is like, here we go into this strange new world, which all these weird biblical connotation things. You know, it's like they could have given us a very very weird comic. Mm-hmm. And one that had the pedigree to be very, very weird. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when they when people were like, well, this isn't like the movie at all. They'd be like, well, this is how the movie ended. Now they're like floating around in this like yeah. weird cosmic nonsense. And you yeah. can just tell whatever story you want. And they didn't. They just kind of like did not take that opportunity. They, they in, in, in ways they didn't go far enough. And in some ways they just didn't go anywhere. So that's that's really the what's sad about it is that it just kind of became this, you know, pretty mediocre comic, um, even though regardless of what you think of the movie, it gave them a, a, an enormous springboard to do whatever they wanted. Right. Yeah. 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 Listeners, I want to know if you have read Beyond the Black Hole. Some of you may have. I mean, this is I mean, I like I said, it's uh, hard to track down a legal copy. It's probably pretty easy to just do an internet search and find all of the pages under the image search. Uh, and so you might want to just do that. Uh, but if you've read Beyond the Black Hole, uh, use the comment section and let us know. I'm, I'm very curious about that. Um, but I think that's where we will end our discussion this week. He's read Beyond the Black Hole. Yeah. Uh, oh, hey, if you found some value in this episode, we'd re- appreciate uh, your help by heading over to patreon.com slash major spoilers 
and uh, maybe giving a little value back. Uh, if you got some information about what was going on in the uh, 70s as far as comic books go, if you didn't know that there was a comic book publisher called Rosarium uh, Publishing, or even know that there was something called Things You Shouldn't Remember Number 2, now you know. If you find value in that, give a little back. Major uh, Patreon.com slash Major Spoilers. I think that wraps it up for this week. Thank you so much for being a part of the Major Spoilers podcast and everything that we do at Major Spoilers. Next week, oh, just in time for the Netflix series, we're going to be looking at Defenders, the Six-Fingered Hand, next week on the Major Spoilers podcast. Why? Because we know that you love comics. We do, too. And we will talk with you soon. Stop talking about comic books or I'll kill you. I don't care if the Hulk could defeat the Man of Steel. I'm gonna rearrange your things if you continue to debate whether Logan's claws could pierce Steve Rogers' shield. I just couldn't care less if they bring back Craven. Spider-Man's a clone Stop spending all our cash On back issues of the Flash Or I swear to God You're gonna spend your twilight years alone This podcast is copyright 2017 By Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.